Hey everyone, I'm Karen Walby Solomon, and welcome to What's IGN Crushing On, IGN Africa's official entertainment podcast. So, this is a show where we discuss all things entertainment and pop culture with a new guest every week. We bring recommendations, news, and fun facts, sometimes touching on the more serious issues surrounding these topics. This week on the show, we'll be joined by Roseanne McKenzie. Roseanne is a TV producer, a presenter, a radio host, voiceover artist, actress, and much more. We chatted about the highlights of her career, her love for true crime documentaries, and why she's obsessed with celebrity tabloids. It's a lot of fun, and I had such a joy chatting to her. You can listen to our interview here. joining us thank you for having me this is like a, a moment for me <laughs> proper because i'm such a fan i'm like a proper fan and i know it's gonna sound like fangirling deluxe but i'm such a fan of you oh my gosh. and then now this podcast came along like i just i, I just think you're i think you're amazing i want you to have a whole media empire where you write about stuff and you write <laughs> shows and you I just I just want that for you I'm putting that in the universe I promise please can the universe please hear you yes thank you (laughs) I I wanted to say like my family thinks I'm like catching on all this nonsense but like the minute I told them that you listen oh my gosh this that's like the highest (laughs) the highest accolade like I've ever gotten in my life like oh my word when you speak about your family, like I think of them as celebrities. Like I'm trying to remember what the tweet was where your mom said, I can hear this upper podcast. I'm like, do you know who you are speaking to, Mama Wildy Solomon? This is our queen here. Where's your respect? She's so mean. And she doesn't also say podcast. She says she says she pronounced the D with like a T, so it's like podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't have time for you, but I have all the time in the world for you, so I can't say thank you enough for having me today. Like, I'm so excited. So how have you been? Like, how, is, how have you been keeping busy? I mean, I know you're, like, super busy, but, like, how has things been during this tough time? You know, it's been a, it's been a tough year for a lot of people. But I've actually had a really good year. Mm. And I know for freelancers, it can be up up year or a down year, especially if you're in the media or whatever. So it's actually actually been pretty good for me. I mean, with with the lockdown, it was um, a bit stressful because I was waiting for confirmation on a show, uh, a TV show, and I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to do it. And also, like, trying to juggle everything, getting my business off the ground and teaching my kids. Like I've been a teacher as a profession. I will never do it again. (laughs) It's not something that I was called to do in my life. But unfortunately for those like five, six weeks, we had to do it. So so it was hard, but I, I, I must admit that luckily I've actually had a pretty good year. And and long long may it continue because you never know. No, you yeah, you really do never know. My I whole think thing positive. Is, 
Exactly. Make hay while the sun shines. If they mm. want to put everything, go and just do it to the best of your ability. And fingers crossed, they'll ask you back. So what made you decide you wanted to go into broadcasting? I wanted to be in broadcasting, I think, since I was since I was a kid. So I'm an only child and my mom's a single mom. Mm. so um when she would when I was a little bit older so when I was smaller and my mom would have to work night shift I used to go to my grandparents house in Bonteville mm. and like spend time with them when I was smaller but then when I was bigger and my mom and I had moved out of their house eventually <laughs> um I watched a lot of tv mm. I I watched a lot of tv so if my mom was doing night shift or working an extra job here and there, I would I would be watching TV. And even when even when I was a teenager, like I wasn't, I had a lot of freedom because my mom was just like, okay, if you want to go mm. out, you, you can. But I never wanted to because I was always <laughs> just at home watching TV. And I loved TV. I loved TV and reading. Mm. So I never really got bored. And when I would see people reading the news on TV, it was always... Like a wow, I think since I since I was even like small, small, like not even a teenager, like probably six or seven, I was like, yo, that's like that lady knows everything. <laughs> She's telling us from out of her head what happened today in the world. And I I knew I wanted to be that lady, some somehow that I wanted to, to be that lady. And that's that's when the broadcasting bug bit, I think. And I knew I was gonna do whatever it took to to make my dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) So what would you say has been like your highlight of your career thus far? Because I mean, I feel like you've, you've done a lot and you still, you still have so much to do. So. Yeah. I'm like a bit mook sometimes. I won't (laughs) lie. But I think some of my career highlights have definitely got to be some of the interviews that I've done. Mm. So I interviewed Gerard Butler. Oh wow. And Aaron Eckhart when the first Olympus has fallen came out. And they were so nice. They were so nice and they gave us extra time and they oh. were just really like, yeah, so nice. And then I've also interviewed John Cleese, who <gasps> I was looking it for that one. I won't <laughs> lie. Like I was proper nervous because it was it was one of those junket things where mm. like you get this much time and he's already answered the questions so many times before. But he was so nice and he really seemed like he was enjoying speaking to me. He is a very good actor as well, so that could also be the reason why he was pretending to be enjoying speaking to me, but he did a very good job. Um, and then, like, my main one that I always say is um, interviewing Archbishop Desmond Tutu was a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because also I interviewed him in Afrikaans and it was his very first complete interview that oh. he did in Afrikaans. And he was like, he was so humble and so nice. And just, it was like, a, this was about, about maybe 10 years ago. I think, no, it was nine years ago. So it was in 2011. Mm. And it was just something that I'll never forget. Like, it was just great. And then I guess this, you know, is, is um, I'm going on and on and on. But anyway. Okay. I guess this year would be having um, the first TV show that I produced be broadcast mm. on on VIA. Like I'm very, I'm so proud of Omhi Engela, like the work that went into it and 
just all the obstacles that we faced, you know, like mm. shooting under level four and like not knowing if we were going to make our deadline and and for the first for a first production, like I couldn't have had it worse. <laughs> and it's actually and it actually exactly the timing, you know, and it's actually just been it's been I'm so proud of it and I'm so proud of what we've we've accomplished. So yeah, tell me more about Omgia Engele. Oof, look at me trying Afrikaans. <laughs> No, sounding lekker there. Sounding very lekker. So, Omgje Engele is an idea that I had a couple of years ago. I work as a presenter on Jack Rand FM. And a couple of years ago, I had spoken to someone on the team about making a TV show out of Good Morning Angels. So, Good Morning Angels is this charity initiative that happens on uh, Breakfast with Martin Bester, which is the breakfast show on Jack Rand FM. And every Wednesday, they find, I mean, people write in, like Diane Berderijk is the producer of, of um, Good Morning Angels. Mm. And people write in if they've got any kind of need, like I just think of some of the some of the stories that we've had. A woman uh, last year, Christelle Nagel is her name, her house burnt down and her daughter passed away, as did her husband, sure. as did her... Um, her daughter and her husband and her granddaughter and only her and her little grandson were the um, surviving members of the family but she lost everything so like people that have really like real needs Mm. so they make contact with good morning angels and then there's a whole selection process of who's going to get helped and who's not like i don't know how diane does it because you can't help everyone Mm. I don't know how the team decides. Anyway, so every Wednesday they have a, an insert on the breakfast show of um, the Good Morning Angel story and how they change those people's lives. So I was like, you know what? The listeners and people that aren't necessarily Jacker and FM listeners, they want to know what, what's happened to these people. Like, how did your life change after Jacker and FM helped you? Mm. You know, so I wanted to like revisit those stories and then also give the people that have been helped before an opportunity to pay it forward and give back to someone else. So um, the idea didn't didn't come off the ground when I initially pitched it, and then I don't stop. <laughs> and then I I am um, in 2018 when I've kind of formally had my company. I was like, come guys, let's do this. Let's pitch it to, to a channel. Mm-hmm. We I loved it. And they wanted to come on board and we got a sponsor and yeah, we made the first series this year. That's amazing. So like, what made you decide to start your company though? Like, you know, like I've been on so many shows, Karen, that have been canceled. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start there, okay? Like, I honestly have been on so many shows that have been canceled and it's always stuff that I love doing. It's always stuff that I really love. But then there's no, it's nothing that the show's done wrong or that I've done wrong. And that was a big learn for me where I was like, oh, maybe I just really suck. And I'm never going to be on another show ever again. Um, So the first time that it happened to me, I was really like cut up about it for months. I was so sad. And also like just practically financially, when you've got something that's stable for like two, three years, now all of a sudden that rug is pulled out from underneath you. I mean, I was on a show two years ago. I got 
48 hours notice that that was my last sure. Oh. My last show was, I, I walked in on the Monday, and you know this. Yeah, I know. Like, that you know <laughs> that, uh, the classic blind side. Um, I walked in on the Monday, and they said, oh, yeah, you know, um, Wednesday will be your last bulletin. I was like, sorry, huh? <laughs> so I just want to also not be dependent on contracts getting renewed and on my work in front of the camera. I wanted to build up a new set of skills and and be able to also create work. And then from a more kind of global viewpoint, I don't think there are enough women of color at the table making yeah. decisions in, in making decisions at channel level, making decisions as executive producers, showrunners. So it's time now for mm. us to take our place. And if I must start small, I'll start small. If I must only be at that table in 15 years, I don't care. This is now my beginning. Mm. This is now where I start to be at that table because I think I do have a valuable insight as from out of my life experience. I don't yeah. think that there are enough people talking out of my viewpoint. So that's also why I wanted to start for the, for the selfish reason of I want to be in the room. No, that's that's 100%. Like, you are so right. Like, there aren't enough. I mean, in South Africa and especially in the world, like... Just <laughs> we need to see more women of color coming forward. So what do you what would you still like to, I mean to do in your career? Like I feel like you've done so much. <laughs> <laughs> what would I still like to do? Uh, I want to I want to produce things that the world can see. Mm. That the world will see South African stories. I guess like I think. I want to produce a show that's a format that is internationally recognized, first mm. of all, because that's how you make money as a producer. <laughs> so, but also, like, I want, I want people to watch stuff that I have produced. So mm. I think that that's, that's the end goal, is to, to get as many eyes on a Roseanne McKenzie media production as possible. So the end goal is that how I do that is maybe between now and 15 years, I'll maybe have that answer, mm -hmm. but I want as many people to see the stuff that I produce because I, I love TV. Yeah. I absolutely love TV. So if I see like, if I watch a show and you, and you see that, that little logo that comes up at the end of the, of the production company mm -hmm. and and they made that, you know, like that team made that thing that you were so engrossed in for 48 minutes or 24 minutes of your life for that week. And you can't wait to see the next one. That's the kind of stuff I want to make. So I feel like you have also met so many gay people. So if there's one person that you still would like to meet, who would that be? I mean, like alive, not dead. Oh, hands down. Hands down. <laughs> I didn't even let you finish your question. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love like, that you're it's dead. Such a, it's such a cliche, but I love her. I love her. Mm. Like, I just think her mind as a TV icon is just, and she's not even really doing TV anymore, but she's always onto the next thing. She started her network, or she went into acting, or she produced a movie, or she decided to start publishing magazines. She's like a proper for me, 
the example of a media mogul. Yeah. Like there's nothing that she can't do. And also, you know, my other thing with Oprah is, is her background is, is so humble. The beginnings of her life are so humble and she struggled and she's had so many things to overcome. And she's been so open about all of this yeah. as well. Like her weight, where she grew up, like what happened to her as a child, just her the family dynamic, like all of that. She's like an open book. And and I just like I just want to know her. <laughs> no, I get that. I'm like to have that kind of freedom also to just do whatever. Like now she has exactly. an Apple show and then she has a podcast and she has like, like what do I feel like exactly. doing today? I feel like starting something new. Yes, or going to a royal wedding or like, exactly. and also everybody wants to know Oprah because they know she's great. Like her greatness is just infectious. Like everybody wants to be around her. No. <laughs> So what would you say is like the biggest lesson that you think you've learned that thus far? Like I think the biggest lesson that I've learned this far, thus far, is to not take things personally, mm. which is hard for me. Like, I mean, I say I learned the lesson, but I'm actually still learning the lesson. Like, everybody's not gonna like you, and everybody is not gonna think that the show that you've made that you poured your heart and soul into for months and months is the best thing that they've ever seen on TV. But it might resonate with one person. Mm. So so maybe that's okay. Like just to, it's a big thing though, not to, because when you put yourself out there in, in terms of making any kind of art, I say art, but making any kind of thing for people to either like or dislike, it's a hard thing because people can say, it's shit, actually. Mm. I don't like it. And then there you are having, like, thought that this is the most amazing thing that people will ever see. And unfortunately, everybody's not going to think that. So I think the lesson that I'm still learning every day, and whether it's how I present or the things that I produce, everybody's not going to always, always like it. I don't take it personally. That's so true, but it's just like so brave putting out anything. And and I'm, yeah. I'm just like I'm thinking of like you like having being on camera and having to go out every night. Oh my gosh. I have like anxiety thinking about it. I think I'm like sweating <laughs> thinking yeah. about having to do it. And you, but you know what? You're doing this with this. Like this is this is your baby. This is your baby that people get to have a a, a little sense of you for an hour every week of things that you want to know and and the things that you are passionate about. So it's it's a similar thing, and hopefully you don't get too many. Hopefully you don't get too many tannies coming up to you in the street telling you how fat you are, because <laughs> that that's always a a picky fun a, a school. It's just like having to bite your tongue. Oh my gosh, has that happened? No. And is it <laughs> Karen? Has it happened? Yo, the amount of times someone said to me, I was emceeing an event the one time, and this lady came up to me and said, um, Can I speak up for coins here? Yeah, go ahead. And she said, Weet you what? Yes, nogal groot gebouw, hoor, maar, maar nogal lekker gebouw. And I was just like, <laughs> Okay, you just came up to me and said that. And people go, oh, my word, 
you actually you do look as big as you aren't <gasps> oh my gosh i hate people people are wait wait this is my most recent one this is my most recent one someone said to me you know what when you're in a group photo don't stand on the outside of the photo because it just makes you on the outside of the group because it just makes you look so much bigger than the people than the rest of the people in the group make sure you stand behind someone or like in the middle <laughs> like how do people and think that that's okay i'm i'm like how does your mind work i can't like, fathom that i also can't fathom it and that's i think that's why i don't get upset because i tell some of my colleagues about the things that i've had people say to me mm. and they are just like i would just go postal like i would tell that person exactly where to get off and i you know what like I've had it so many times and I know I shouldn't like let people bully me, but I do. I'm at a point now where I don't, I try not to let it bother me. Yeah, gosh, but yeah. Oh, people have opinions. Oh opinions. You, you are brave girl. Now I, I, <laughs> I, I would have been crying every night. I would never be able to. My worry, in the beginning, in the beginning, uh-huh. in the beginning, I was, Stuff like that would break me. Mm. Like, honestly, Ugh. yeah, proper, proper. Don't worry, my mom is still harsh. <laughs> Last year, when we went to the UK, my mom was like, Oh my word, when you got off the plane, I thought you were pregnant again. <laughs> oh no, she was so excited for the third grandchild. I was like, No, can you relax, please? Two of them are enough. <laughs> oh, your son doing his little broadcasting thing was so adorable. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I still show it like my yeah. sister and stuff. I'm like, this is the cutest thing. Yeah, reporting live from my room <laughs> in, under lockdown level five. Shame. Shame. <laughs> 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 I must just learn actually not to leave my phone lying around. Kids no, oh, leave it. Leave it. He, let him do more. Let him do more. We need a point. We'll have a whole channel. He can pay for his own school fees. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, like, um, what have you been reading? I have been reading um, not a lot. Yeah, and most of is, my seventh. Yeah, you know, and you know, like, so I always know when I'm when I'm getting into a funk, like mental health wise, mm. is if I can't be bothered to read. If I'm just like, nah, just leave it. Like I mm. don't. What's the point? I'd rather just sleep to something yeah. or not. But I have started, um, and it's taken me a while, and I've only now gotten back into it. I am reading Kamer, which is by Jamil Khan, and it's it's his. I want to say memoir. Mm. But it's 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 a book about about his experience growing up on the Cape Flats with the family that he had and being the per- the person that he is, and it's it's really it's so good, it's so good. And his descriptions of the places and the people and all you know the aunties in the street mm. and the and and even and even his parents like it's it, a lot of it is is quite quite heavy. Because he speaks about, um, initially he speaks about his mom and dad's alcoholism and how it affected him and and his sister. And it's just, 
just like thinking that someone had to go back to that mm. place. Mm. And it's very clear that he does go back to that place because the descriptions are so vivid and so clear. And and it must have must have really been been hard to write that. But reading it is is so it's almost like you're there, you know? Yeah. So I'm 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 reading that at the moment. I'm not done yet. And then I do have <laughs> I have a very guilty pleasure. Mm. I love UK tabloid gossip <laughs> magazines, like massively. If you ask me about Katie Price, I'll be able to tell you what her current boyfriend's name is, why she's in the wheelchair, what all five of her kids' names are, who their dads are, because she's got three different baby daddies, how many times she was married and engaged her to him. Like, that's my guilty pleasure. So, so I do... Um, Okay, wait, wait. I'm quite confused about Katie Price now. Why is she in a wheelchair? What is going on with her? She had surgery on her feet. Oh, okay. And um, there there is a possibility that she will have to learn how to walk again. So we all live in hope. Was something wrong um, with her feet? Yes, I think she had bunions removed, if I'm not not wrong. And then there, there there were other things also that she needed to have done and she did them and now she's wheelchair bound. So it's a big drama, but with Katie Price, it's always drama because otherwise how's the heat magazine going to (laughs) sell? Because now they can't hark on Meghan Markle anymore doing all the wrong things. (laughs) Now they must leave Meghan alone. So Katie Price has to fill those column inches. I feel like she has held that spot like strong for decades. And she's not going anywhere because the boyfriends get younger and the babies just get more. Because now the new thing is, is that her and this guy, she's dating a guy called Carl Wood, who's like in his early 30s, if that. He was a contestant on Love Island, but way before oh. I started watching it because okay, I don't see that. So. And, and they are thinking of having a baby, um, even while she's in this wheelchair. <laughs> so... She creates the drama to make sure that she doesn't ever leave the spotlight, even if it's having five unnecessary plastic surgeries a year. She's out there going to Turkey, getting that procedure done, getting papped off the plate. I'm sure she's phoning the people. They have like an email schedule of where Katie Price is going to be and at what time, and then the paparazzi is outside there to catch the moment. If not, if she's probably getting someone who her boyfriend to take the photo and send it to the Heat magazine, possibly. Yeah, yeah because what else is she doing? Like, what is she else is she doing career wise? I want. No. I, I really want to read a book though. I just which uh, one? She's written a few memoirs. She's got a lot of stories to tell. Some things that weren't in the Heat magazine that that are exclusive to her books, and I think she's writing another one. <laughs> I'll double check that. <laughs> Ma- did you see Mariah as a as a memoir out now? Actually, I'm actually really keen to read that though. Me too, because she's going into like vivid detail mm. about her relationship with Derek Jeter. I also wouldn't mind having a relationship <laughs> with Derek Jeter. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, like proper proper details there. I love it. I love a trashy memoir. Me too. I really do. Bring, tell your own story. Bring out your own gossip. I love yes. it. And also, like in the, like I don't know if you, because I'm obviously quite a bit older than you, but I don't know if you remember 
there was a stage in the UK when every like star brought out a memoir. Even Victoria Beckham, Cheryl Cole at the time, they all brought out memoirs and they wouldn't dare write stuff like that now. Yeah, no, I, I read, okay, I was obviously very cheap, so I'm, I, I read the Victoria Beckham one in the U magazine, like they had like a snippet of, <laughs> so yes. I read it. What was it? Learning to fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to work for a, a bookshop that used to sell like cheap books, but a lot of them were imported from the UK. So we had loads of those, like, uh, like celebs I'd never heard of, but like everybody had a memoir. Yes, they were on one episode of Pop Idol. They're coming with a memoir. <laughs> Expect the memoir. And I miss those times. Like, I feel like people are censoring, censoring themselves a bit too much now. Like, the image is so, like, important. <laughs> but back in the day, like, people were telling their stories. Do you watch the Big Fat Quiz of the Year? I don't, but I've heard of so they do this thing where, like, they get, like... It's, it's that... It's a panel show, yeah. So they get, like, a like a, yes. like a very classical British actor, and then he they will read from, like, a trashy memoir, and then the contestants have to guess whose memoir it is. But they'll get, like, Charles Dance and stuff, and he'll read, like, <laughs> something like, like, my panty dropped onto the floor, and then, like, it's so... And then it's, like, some Love Island star or something like that. <laughs> And it's so funny and so brilliant. Too good. Too good. I also have like this thing where like if I'm stressed or something like that, the first thing I will do, like it's usually like in the middle of the night and I will like Google recent celebrity breakups. And then I will just like go find like a, a PowerPoint presentation on like people, a slideshow or something. Yes. And just go what? through. Just makes no. me feel calm. Yes. Also, like just knowing all this useless information. Also, it's such a like a. It's I feel better. I really do. So I understand. I understand the that calming feeling. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I wonder if if Heat magazine struggled here because it just wasn't enough like celeb gossip in South Africa. No, I think I think so. Mm. I think so. I don't know if if maybe if they launch that's yeah. what I was about to say. I feel like if they launch now, it would be next level. It would because there's so much stuff happening and there's so many more celebrities. Yeah. Is it one website? What is it? I don't know why. Celebs. Celebs. They are like the heat magazine of now. They pick up on everything. This yeah. person like this one's Instagram. Yes. Yeah. So, listen. Don't you find, like, those people that, like, no. I always used to, when I was at Varsity, I used to always, every day, go on Perez Hilton to see. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to do that white circle of shame when everybody was doing so much cocaine and you used to, like, do it on their faces and, like, yeah. Um, so I would read Perez Hilton often. And back then, even, he would know, like, who had unfollowed who on Twitter before it was even a, a quick click of a thing. Mm-hmm. I used to not want, want to know, like, how much time do you need to go and do that? Or, like, how quick people are to see, oh, Sophia Richie doesn't follow yeah. Facebook anymore. That- Big news. Big but I feel like now you just need to follow tweets. Like some fan will go and look for that stuff. You don't even need to do it yourself. No. 
No, you don't. Yeah, someone don't. someone will be searching all the time if Sophia and someone that wants Scott and Courtney to get back together. Or, exactly. Yeah. Or you know those fan accounts that people <laughs> make on Instagram and on Twitter? Like they always know first about everything <laughs> and then the worst ones of those or the most like on the bullshit ones are the Real Housewives. <gasps> those people Is it? that run that. They know exactly who's being demoted to a friend of the show, what, who doesn't have any money anymore, who, like, they know everything before it's in the press. It's the but, best thing. But I think, like, with that, because it's re- reality, like, it's easier to keep track of what's going to happen in the show. Yeah. But yeah. still, oh, it's hectic. I can't even imagine spending, like, as much time as I love spending on celebrity, like, stalking and stuff like having to having to check who unfollowed who and why and why did this person not like this person's post exactly or like going into detail of someone's instagram quote like remember when kanye earlier this year had his episode and he was talking about larsa pippen and then everybody went onto larsa pippen's instagram to go see that she'd unfollowed all the kardashians and she'd done some quotes about like keep your friends close. I don't know what it said, but, and people like piece the whole story together. Like I'll read the story, but I'll be the person that must go and be the detective. I like, I look through Leighton Meester's Instagram, who she's following on Instagram, just to see if, which gossip girl, I, um, I, I don't know why I was bored that day. And yeah. listen, I don't even But the only reason I could Between jobs. <laughs> Between jobs. The only reason I could do that is because she had like, she only followed like two fifty people or something like that. Like it was a, it was a, it was an amount that I could work through. Yes, manageable amount. A manageable amount. Oh, but I think I also just search. Like I suppose that's easier about Instagram. You can search who they follow. But me, uh, I can't imagine having to do that all the time. No, being a no, stand no. account is a lot of work. I, uh, not for me. And you know, and you uh, and like then you get those hardcore ones like the Beyonce stand accounts. Oh gosh. Like where they will see there's a little bit of a blue check thing on yeah. the tablecloth of oh she's pregnant, she's having a boy. <laughs> That's what you got from her being at a restaurant with a blue tablecloth <laughs> in the corner. The Beyonce, the Beyonce fans and um Beyonce Nikki and Taylor Swift. They are always finding clues. They are like yes. an Adrian Monk. I like exactly, exactly. Oh god! Papa. Like I, I don't have time for that. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nia. Uh, so you mentioned um, that you enjoy watching like Netflix documentaries about people. So what have been your favorite this far? I recently, have watched American Murder. The Family Next Door. I haven't seen that yet. I want to watch it though. Oh my word. It's stuck with me so much because I, I read and my husband like hates this about me, but I like live on the crime channel. When we first started dating, Mm. like I would literally watch the crime channel until the early hours of the morning. This is before I became an old lady and had to be in bed at nine (laughs) o'clock. I would just like love like watching forensics and and watching detectives piece together mm. a mystery like it just feels like a mystery to me so having watched american murder i like 
I just feel like I, it, it's really affected me. And I don't know, because when, when, it, when it happened and the case was in the media, I was every day like looking to see, had they found them? Had they found them? Is he involved? Like, But actually watching this documentary, which essentially they've pieced together out of her Facebook posts and body cam uh, footage from the police and then the, the legal proceedings, and, to, and obviously, like, the messages and stuff in between. But it shocked me. It shocked me so much. Like, it's really stayed with me how you can't really know someone. Yeah. You think you're married to someone for however many years. You have two kids with them. You've got a baby on the way. And nothing is as it seems. And just also the fact that I think that it, the fact that it's a family thing also Really, really stayed with me. And then also I, there's a statistic that they put up at the end. I forget what the exact numbers are, but they say that if there's a parent that's going to murder their kids, it's more likely they're not going to be the dad. And I know that this whole, like we've had so many debates about this men are trash thing. Mm. And can you actually ever really trust your partner? And, and that documentary really just brought up all of those questions for me like major then on a lighter note (laughs) I have recently watched a documentary about JFK because like I I knew the kind of the like folklore I say folklore but you know like everybody knows his assassination and he was married to Jackie and all of that but just the ins and outs of, of him as, as a person. Like, he wasn't the best at school. His brother was always better than him. Always, like, mm. that one level that he, he couldn't get to. And how he kind of found himself and then found his voice in politics and and would have, I think, been, been one of the longer-running presidents of the United States. I think what he was trying to do by the time that he was assassinated was would have made a huge difference to even I think where they are now. Yeah. Um, so that 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 was fascinating and not as harrowing as the <laughs> the other one that I watched. Yeah. Yeah. I must, I love the like the zeroing in on specific people documentaries. It's so good. I actually Absolutely. want to watch the Jackie one, the Jackie one as well. Like I'm like I'm quite keen to watch it. Have you seen that one? Yes, so I've seen the Jackie one, and the Jackie documentary is part of a, it's a two-parter, but each one is on, on a different person, and the, the little, the two-part series, I want to call it, is called Sisters, so it looks at Jackie and her sister, whose name I've now totally forgotten. The Lee. Um, Radziwill. Lee. Yeah, Lee, yeah. Jackie and, Jackie and Lee. And then in the other one, it looks at Amelia and Muriel Earhart oh. and just how it, it kind of like juxtaposes the famous sister and her path and the, the non-famous sister and how their lives diverge, but they still need each other mm. and they still are interwoven in each other's lives, even though their lives are so vastly different. So I thought that that was I love that. I thought it was so fascinating because I didn't, the only thing, this is how, how cultured I am. I knew about the Radziwill because Carol Radziwill used to be a real housewife of New York. And that's how I knew about the Radziwills. I didn't know that 
that it was that much of a close that she's basically Jackie O's niece. But yeah, we live and we learn. Netflix <laughs> is there for that. And Netflix is Netflix has also for me made the documentary sexy. Like there's so many different things that mm-hmm. I've watched documentaries about that in my life I would never go, yeah, mm, let me watch a documentary about why we shouldn't eat meat. Like I didn't want to watch that five years ago. <laughs> Probably wouldn't even want to watch that three years ago. But because of the way that they've packaged yeah. <laughs> and because of the way that Stories are, stories are being told now. It's really freaking interesting. Because it's like it's like they advertise their stuff and it's like, I'm, I haven't seen that octopus documentary yet, but so many people have watched it. I'm probably going to end up watching it. My parents bought me like National Geographic um, documentaries and I was small and I'm like, I'm going to watch this shit. But <laughs> I used to get yeah. so bored. And I watched the one. 100%. On um, Coral on, on Netflix, Chasing Coral. And like, Listen, if I don't care about animals, I'm not don't care, but I mean, if animals are boring to me, you know plants are. So, but I watched that thing and I was crying by the end of it because they are so good. And like, no. they, now you want to watch, like, now I'm going to watch that octopus thing because everyone's talking about it. it like, they keep, they keep, Netflix keeps saying we have this documentary here for you on my notifications. I'm going to end exactly. up watching it. And it is, it's good because now, you know, you learn about things you probably wouldn't have. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like even, and also, you know what? What what's also great with me, that kind of talkability that's created now. Yeah. Like I, I was thinking the other day, like when I was at school, like we used to always talk about, oh, when we used to watch Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero in simulcast, <laughs> and the Afrikaans was on the TV, and then you put Radio Two Thousand. Yes, 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 and Mauro's place. Then the next day you would speak about like what happened with Brenda and Dylan and like, you know, and then for a while I felt like when TV kind of took on this thing where it's not actually TV and you watch a whole bunch of stuff at the time when you want to watch it, there's not that kind of next day talking on the playground thing. But now everybody's talking about stuff together like you'll hear like in the one week when the social dilemma came out I haven't seen that yet but literally four different people that I know that are not connected to each other in any way were all saying to me sending me whatsapps or or on a call saying listen you must watch the social Mm. dilemma I didn't listen but I want to watch it it's on my list to watch because people that I know have watched it and said that it's amazing yeah, no, I, like I agree because I remember when Netflix, you know, first came to South Africa and people were complaining. They're like, oh, no, you know, I want to talk about an episode of Sense8 the minute it comes out. I don't like, you know, like with, with everybody. But now you can talk about the entire season with somebody. Exactly. Although me, exactly. it takes forever to watch stuff. And then I'm like, oh, my word, guys, have you seen that? And everyone's been done talking about it for months. And they're like, <laughs> Karen. But, but don't you also feel like, I feel now almost like there's a, overload of stuff yeah like my list that of things i want to see because you've got netflix showmax dstv sabc mm. tv even though we have all seen anaconda sometimes <laughs> it needs another watch like there's all this stuff and then i just feel so um almost like overwhelmed yeah. because i want to watch all of it especially now because showmax is coming through hey with stuff that yeah is so current and so new that America's only like watching it now as well. Yeah. So 
I do feel a bit of pressure that there's almost too much of a variety. I'm not saying people must stop making content. Definitely, definitely not what I'm saying. Mm. But I do feel like all of the things that I feel are up my alley, there is so much of it. Yeah. And I don't almost know where to start. It's, it's like I got a message and people like they were like, when are you going to start watching K-dramas? And I'm like, guys, I'm, ba- I'm barely keeping up with what I'm watching right now. What's K-dramas? Is it like the K? Is it? Like Korean. Yeah, Korean dramas. But like Netflix, K-pop. Yeah. So Netflix has like quite a big selection. Okay. So um, a lot of people have been into it. I'm, I'm not going to, I can't speak with any kind of, of knowledge because I haven't seen any, but I've heard it's very good and I've heard they've like got good romance and it's fun and people have really been enjoying it. So I want to watch it and like it's been recommended to me by so many people. Are they like telenovelas? I don't think so. I think, I don't know a lot about it. What do I call Pasparani? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't think it's like telenovelas. But yeah, as I was saying, like, now that it, it's so easy to watch content from anywhere, you know, you can watch content from South America, like Brazilian shows. You can watch, especially with like Netflix. And with Showmax getting more and more things from other African countries. Like, it's a lot. Um, So what are your favorite things to watch other than, like, true crime? Oh, man. I love, love, love. Like, if if I could choose one thing to watch every day for the rest of my life, it would be Survivor. Oh, definitely. American Survivor. It's the best. That is my, that is my number one show. It, like, it's better than any scripted, TV show I've ever watched. For me, Survivor is the epitome of what TV should be. I just love it. Like the production value and the location and then just the personal dynamics where you like root for someone and then you get so emotionally attached to this person who's going through the most on an island in the middle of the Pacific (laughs) or wherever they go. And then, then that, and you really want that person to win and go through. But then that night, someone decides to vote in a certain direction, and then that person goes home, and you're just like, oh, like it's it's the best show. So Survivor, mm. I also quite enjoy. I like to to take a break, like from from thinking. Mm. So I have recently binged all three seasons of Selling Sunset, and like, wow. What, have you seen it? I have not seen it, but I've been hearing so much about it. Uh, <laughs> it is pure fluff bubblegum TV. <laughs> it's like the human incarnation of scrolling through Perez Hilton or checking celebrity breakups <laughs> in the middle of the night. It is so, it's just like, it's like what the Kardashians used to be. Uh in terms of entertainment value. And there's this chick on it called Christine Quinn. Mm. And she does not care what comes out of her mouth. (laughs) So she makes so much drama. So you know what the thing is for me? Like, I think Americans with reality TV, I think they get it. And I think they get it because they are American. And I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I'm not saying the stuff that we produce here is not on on the level. But in terms of the people and how they interact with cameras and mm-hmm. how they create the narrative, 
in a reality show. Like, I mean, South African Survivor is great. I watch it every week. I've got stuff to say on Twitter every week. And I can't wait for season eight when eventually they can go and shoot it wherever they go. Mm. But American Survivor, those American people, and like it can be somebody from a farm in the Midwest that doesn't even watch TV. That person's personality just makes the show and the interaction with the other personality types. And I just, I don't know, but Americans in reality TV are match made in heaven. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But you don't think it's like just like a really excellent casting? Like they know who to that, cast. That as well. That as well. And also, I mean, there's 500 million people that live there, I think. Yeah. Okay, so that's you've true. got this huge pool of varying degrees of, um, I want to say sanity, but varying <laughs> degrees of personalities and personality types. And you know that if I put this one with this one, it's going to be like putting foil on a fire and it's just going to make <laughs> the most explosive TV or these two will really get along. Or like if you watch if you watch something like, um, I, like I watched MasterChef Australia and now I'm thinking mm. of, of how they've taken that format, which was initially the British format, which was okay to watch as a cooking show, but not as interesting as watching these 24 people in a house for 12 weeks making stuff out of their heads without recipe books and whatever, and how the like most unlikely people become friends in the process. Mm. And I think that is also down to the casting and, and the different personality types that they get. But I mean, like, yeah, I'm a huge reality TV fan. Huge. You must have watched Love is Blind. Oh! <laughs> yes. Because I'm like, yes. casting a person like Jessica, like, you have to have, like, it's just so excellent. Like, I was just like, we would have forgotten completely about the show. I mean, yes, there was the, the cute, the two couples that ended up together. They were cute, but we would have forgotten about yes. it if we didn't have this absolute mess of a human being. I mean, but then we found out that Mark was just as much of a mess, but he was just better at hiding it. But I mean... Exactly. But putting her in the show was brilliant. Absolute brilliance. Absolute brilliance. Because you've also, for something like that to work, you've got to have people that are going to put themselves 100% out there. Mm. And she did that by getting drunk quite a few (laughs) nights. Um, I don't think I've ever seen someone drink that much red wine. Like I've never in my life, and also I always wonder how, and like always, if, even on on selling sunset, all of they always out for drinks or drinking or whatever. I'm like, how do these? I want to use the b word. How do these women stay so skinny <laughs> if they like out drinking red wine? Like she was literally polishing off a bottle of red wine in every episode, <laughs> and I'm just like, where is it going? Where is it going? But yeah, no, you've got to you've got to have that like mess. To make the drama, and that was like, I mean, you, you're so right. We, it would have been forgotten or totally forgettable if everybody was was nice. Did you watch Too Hot to Handle? I did. Or was that just too trashy for you? Okay. I did watch Too Hot so to Handle. So if we, if we didn't have Harry and Francesca, oh what was that show? Exactly. I, like, I barely remember anyone else's names other than... Harry and Francesca. I, I, Harry and Francesca. Even if, actually, Francesca uh, alone. Like, I think if she wasn't there, I wouldn't have remembered Harry. 
Mm-hmm. So you've got to have that kind of like femme fatale that yeah. just makes the whole, puts everything into motion and 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 creates the drama. But I think that's what like, that's like the scheme sort of that you can see with Love Island. Like they're always constantly looking for that type of character. It's always the person they add in yes. later. And like, yes. So you can see how these kind of shows are created. But I think going exactly. back to what you said about Survivor, Survivor is like the purest form of that because it's, it's like you, like they have, they, sh- they, they should. I mean, of course, there's some crazy characters, but I mean, like they should have no real idea of who the people are that they are casting. Yeah. Like other than like these yeah. people know how to survive, whatever, like. But the way that they edit and the way that they bring it out is so... Like, I was thinking, I was like, the reason I love Survivor so much is because I love twists. And, like, almost every episode there's a twist. Like, you always... And I can see it coming, like, everyone saying, oh, we're going to vote for Mary. We're going to vote for Mary. And then you know at the time it comes to Tribal Council, it's going to be Jack that's going to go out. But you still in Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then if you watch an episode of Survivor... From maybe from another region or whatever, and yeah. there's no twist or people vote how they say they're gonna vote. Oh, blah! No. That was a boring episode because <laughs> in, exactly because in the American one, there's twist after twist, and now forty seasons later, oh. you don't think, oh, guys, you guys have done what you've done now. I think every time I watch a new season of Survivor, I'm gonna just be like, okay, cool. Maybe three or four episodes in, I'm gonna like lose the excitement of the fact that it's mm. a new season, and I'm just gonna move on with my life. No, I want. I'm living for that next episode because I know that it's gonna just catch me completely off guard. What they're gonna do next, and I don't know how they keep coming up with it. Even the games, yeah. Even the game, like it's just goes to a level that you can't. Um, you can't even. I can't even wrap my mind around that. I just wanted to say something around um, that Love Island point that you made. And it is so clear every year that they bring in a little Hechi to stir <laughs> things up. Like I'm, I'm now thinking exactly as you mentioned that, I can give you when they brought that Megan, Megan Barton Hansen in, she came and caused all the drama. Mm. In last year, or not, not last year, the season before the one we had this year. When they brought Mora in, mm. yes, and it was just like she came and just the things she said and the actions and like what she was doing was just made for peak TV. Like you forget about the other people, you focus on the person that's that's yeah. entertaining you. It's brilliant, though. But I do, <laughs> yeah, it is brilliant though. And and a lot of them, obviously, with Love Island, a lot of them do go on to to have careers as reality TV stars and whatever. But I don't know if in South Africa, if you were such a shit stirrer on a show, if people mm. would forgive you and that you would come out and have this amazing career. I always <laughs> say to my friend, um, I have a friend who's a huge Survivor fan as well. Mm. And I always say to her, like, I feel like I could do the show, but I don't think I would do the show because I would be, Boston Rob, like I would lie. <laughs> I, it's like it's a million rand. But then I think to myself, okay, it's a million rand, and then you come out and you have no career <laughs> because you lie to every other person on the island. So I think I'll stay, I'll stay on the couch for some time. I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna join the the tribes anytime soon. <laughs> 
Um, my friend Najwa, she's like a diehard. Like she plays like uh, she. Yeah, she, she did, did the online. Yeah, she did the online. <laughs> she won, and and like, but she was she ah! knows all the moves. She was like, I'm being like Tony now. Like how can, yes. you watched Survivor 14, didn't you? I did. I did. How amazing was Tony? Like I couldn't actually deal with how good he was. He was good, but I was rooting for Natalie from the <laughs> day she got sent to exile. So I was like. Oh, I, I get now. I get. I honestly thought, like my, like in my heart, I was like the mm-hmm. correct three people were in the final. Like I thought, Natalie yeah. worked the yeah. hardest on ex. What, what is it called? Exile. Redem- Red- 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 it, was it exile or redemption? It was. So, it was ex. I can't on remember. That, on that island, she she worked the hardest. Tony was playing the flashiest game. And Michelle knew how to maneuver the underdog game. So I was like, yeah. those three were the perfect three to be in that top three. Like, nobody else deserved to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. But now, Karen, like, in the 40 seasons that Survivor has been on air, it's literally become like a chess game that people study. Mm. So they think of all the moves and they think of all the possibilities. So when you are even on day one, Coming in. Yeah. It's not even about finding water or making a fire or building the shelter. It's about already kind of being three steps ahead of the other 17 people that are there are playing this game with you, you know? And that for me is fascinating that people, it's really like just a game of wits. I think it's it's, it's very interesting to see like the way Adam plays the game because he is like, yeah. he watches every, I mean, like I, I didn't watch his season, but basically Najwa told me because she's such like she's also a student of Survivor. But she was like, he has watched every yes. season. He's watched the South African version. He's watched the other, you know, like he knows he wow he knows any move that can be made. Because she was saying that the one move that he made when he tried to get the because I also haven't seen the South African one, but um, when he tried to get, he thought the the podium was immunity idol. And he said that happened on a South African. She said that happened on a South African survivor. Yes. So that's where he got yes. the idea from. And I'm like, what? like to have him, like that is literally you are studying that. That is your course in like. Yes, exactly, exactly. They should have a university course on survivor, <laughs> and they wouldn't. They wouldn't run out of out of course material because no, it's just getting better and better. Yeah, I have um, Boston Robin, Sandra teach. <laughs> that's the entire exactly. the people who made careers out of this out of exactly exactly Boston Rob made his whole life out of it yeah you look like at, his entire life he met his, his wife on there his it, yeah his whole career is being Boston Rob like he's not even Rob I can't tell you what's his surname again Rob Marie, Marie, uh, or something. <laughs> so, Rob um, M. Uh, I remember his first season when he was Rob like, M. "Yes, Rob M." Like before he was. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, but Survivor, amazing. So wait, I wanted to ask you. Okay, the question I ask everybody, but like, who was your first celebrity crush? First celebrity crush. Have you seen that movie, The Three Ninja Kids? Like, I like. No, when, I, I might have seen it when I was small, 1989. Yeah, 
So the three ninja kids, right? Mm. Um, they 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 were three boys, and they were um, and I had a big crush on Colt. Colt <laughs> was one of the I can't remember. Uh, the actor was Michael Trenor, but he was very, very cute as a kid, <laughs> like beyond, absolutely beyond. So, so that that is the first celebrity crush I can remember is Colt from Three Ninja Kids. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a cutie! Like I don't even know who the actor was, but like Rick from Bold and the Beautiful, like the young Rick. <laughs> the, I don't know the, the blonde one. But Jacob was, Young, Jacob Young, Jacob Young, because I because it was like the only person I I don't know my, couldn't have been the only person, but I used to like watching soapies and there were so few that were like teen like my age or like a little bit older and Rick was like a teenager still and like, <laughs> I don't know why yeah no he was Jacob hot, Young he yeah, was very hot name. I used to love TV Plus I should. <laughs> Oh, yes, 100%, because it would, like, give you the synopsis of what was going to happen the next week and, like, yes. no, 100%. I still have, like, 100%. Because um, Days of Our Lives, like I, like, I think I have a special place in my heart for that now. Like, I love that show. But um, there was one point I was super into it, and then I had, like, a little scrapbook where um, TV Plus used to have, like, what's going to happen for the week and the cast, and then they also had, like, yes. an interview or either like a feature, like, did you know, or, or an interview with an actor yes. or something like that. And I used to cut out every week and I just have a book, like an A5, like exercise book with like each week's thing about days of our lives in it. But, Do you uh, know who also, no, I can totally understand that. I can't remember what his character's name is, but he's one of the brothers on a show that I don't watch. Um, it's a show where they're like, Supernatural. Jensen Ackles. <gasps> Jensen Ackles. I love Jensen Ackles. Yeah. But like, like we still to this day. We were like so behind in Days of Our Lives at that point that I knew him we first from like Dark Angel. And then I thought on SBC3, which is oh, Alba. Yes. I knew him first from there and I thought he was oh. so hot. And then he came into Days of Our Lives afterwards on South African TV. And of yes. course I watched that. But I mean, the, the hottest for me in Dark Angel had to be Michael Weatherly. I know. Like, I still get a little twinkle in my eye when I see him. I think he is just, even still to this day, like, I think he's Even in so Bull. No. I yes. Don't like him. I don't, 100%. I don't know if I didn't like that character or, I think I liked um, yeah. Alba with, with Jensen Ackles. Because I think I um, kind of saw her as like a stand-in for me because she was tan yes. and and Jensen yeah. because I liked yes. him. So I wanted the two of them to be together. And I'm like, this guy's just getting in the way. And even now, like I exactly. get a little like I don't watch Bull, but my sister's like super into it. So if I like come in the room yeah. and she's watching it, I'm like, this is <laughs> <laughs> What is he doing? But they dated, hey? Like, in yeah. the Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. And there was a massive age gap, and everyone was talking about it. Oh, I did. I don't remember that. Oh, so he was like quite a bit older than her. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think proper, I proper relationship. <laughs> but before we end off, I just wanted to do like a little bit of like a um, would you rather? Like. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to give you two, like, actors or, or celebs, and then you tell me which one you prefer. Okay. Do you have to give a reason? You, I mean, you don't have to, but you can if you want. I, I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Jake, okay. Okay. Jake Gyllenhaal or Chris Hemsworth? Oh! <laughs> 
wow, you're coming through with the classics here. <laughs> wow, that is that's a hard one. That is a really hard one. I'm gonna go with Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. I will go with Chris Hems with Burke. I like I get you. Really? Yeah. Really? I like him. He's like tall and he's funny and he's Australian and <laughs> I don't, but I, I'm not such a big fan um, of him, though, but I like him. I know, right? Like, I don't know if it's because Liam is, he seems a bit more, like, standoffish. And, like, because yeah. obviously I know him very well. <laughs> um, but he seems a bit less relatable. Like, yeah. even though Chris is so attractive and, like, a box office superstar, I feel like he's more relatable than his brother, which is maybe why he's so um, famous and yeah. well-liked. But in that instance I'm definitely going to choose Jack Gyllenhaal okay I don't know there's something about him I think it's his eyes and his mouth yeah. he does have that thing and especially since he's done like the um, Spider-Man and stuff he's just been more like he seems more relatable now and he's like doing funny things and yeah yeah and also like I think he is I just I really enjoy him like mm. when, when he's on screen like I, I I enjoy watching him so I'm gonna go with the Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, Leonardo DiCaprio or Chris Pine? Leonardo DiCaprio. Classic. And 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 you? No, I don't know. Like I I, I like Chris Pine, but Leonardo is old school for me. Like, you know what I mean? But also, like, I don't know. I don't yeah, like, like, the, like all the young models, though. <laughs> like for me, Leonardo. Like, even now, even though, have you seen that meme that says, please save the planet, we want to leave something behind for Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriends. <laughs> um, and, 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 but, but he, in his heyday, like, before Titanic, because Romeo and Juliet was yeah. before Titanic, like, th- that was one of the movies of, like, I love Baz Luhrmann, I'm a huge, but just that whole movie, the soundtrack, like everything about it, just him in that mm. movie. Like that's how I still see him in a way. So I'm gonna go with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Beyonce or Rihanna? Evergreen. Oh, how many Beyonce stands do you have that listen to this? <laughs> because I don't want to be your. The, and they find you. They will find you. Even the American ones will find you. They'll find you. Um, Rihanna. Rihanna, okay. because. She is just to me like very cool. Mm. And the way that she's, and it's not on a, we're not, I'm not comparing talent at all now. <laughs> I'm comparing who I would rather hang out with. Mm. I think I would rather hang out with Rihanna because she looks like fun. And she just, she's also like quite as, um, and I'm sure Beyonce is this as well, but I love how Rihanna has diversified. And I honestly don't think we're ever going to get another album. I don't think she wants to tour anymore. I think she just wants to make underwear, make makeup and skincare and and go on with her life. I don't think she wants to be a musician anymore. I think she just wants to be rich, which she yeah. now is. Not that she wasn't before, but I think she's like retired now from music. But if if I, like I just think she's so cool. And she's also just very much, I don't know if you get this vibe from her as well, that she's like, she is who she is, and she's very. She seems quite comfortable in her skin, and I like that about her. Yeah, no, I get you, hundred percent. I w- I wrote this, and I was like, I actually don't know who I would pick. Um, 
Um, oh, so now you're leaving me hanging for all this dance. <laughs> no, I'm like, okay, wait. I'll, okay, I'll pick Beyonce. Um, okay. <laughs> Okay, okay, so at least you got a mm, No, I do like... <laughs> but the thing is, like, I do like Rihanna's music, but Beyonce just has more for me to like. If that makes sense? Yes, that's also true. Yes, yeah. if we're going to go on a musical on a musical thing, just the music, then I would go Beyonce. But I don't... But if, it's, if it's like... Yeah. I want to say I think I'd get along with Beyonce because I think she's kind of, like, chill and, like, she seems quite, like, like reserved... But yeah. I also don't know if that is what she's like because we don't know enough about yeah. her as a person. So, yeah, either or. And I, think, I do think Rihanna might be a yeah. Like, I think I might bore her, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think I'm a little she'll bit... she'll be like, okay, like, Karen, 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 we go out. Party. I'm like, I'm tired. I need no. to go sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my cup of tea and my yeah. Please, please, please. It's 8.50 p.m. Um... Yeah, yeah, that's so true about Beyonce. But it's like what I like what I was saying earlier. Like Beyonce used to do give interviews all the time. Mm. She used to give little sound bites and whatever. But now, as as she's become more guarded about her image, we don't get that anymore. Like if she's doing an interview, she's doing it with herself, and uh, someone <laughs> is just shooting the cover. Someone that she's chosen. Yeah, so she's at that point now where she's like almost like curating what we know about her, which I mean, she's earned now. Yeah. But, but also makes her less relatable in a way. Yeah. But, and, and I suppose like she, she will always have a fans. Like I, I, I was talking to some media mm-hmm. people about like interviews where celebs interview each other. And they were saying that it's such a way to control the narrative because you don't really feel like you're getting anything new. It's usually just people um, like, yeah. like praising each other. And, and not, exactly. So I'm like, but so that might be a little bit less approachable. But I do remember Rihanna's interview with Sarah Paulson. I read that and it was so good. So like, and I felt that yeah, she was Sarah very Paulson open. Sarah Paulson can do no wrong. Oh, yes, you Sarah Paulson, Sarah Paulson can do no wrong. <laughs> yeah, she can do no wrong. But on that, on that topic of like celebs interviewing each other, I think that's what happens often when a talk show host and it never happened for, in my opinion, it never mm-hmm. happened with Oprah, where a talk show host is actually more famous than the person that they're interviewing to yeah. the point where it's almost like the interviewee is just so excited to be in the presence. And 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 I'm probably going to get some hate for this, but I think that's that's what's happened with Ellen. Like Ellen is so much larger than life. Yeah. And the people that come on her show are like, minor celebrities in comparison to her and that's probably why now that all this backlash has, has um happened about alleged stuff happening on set where she wasn't very nice and all of that and all the celebrities that have come out to praise her yeah because she's put her nice face on for you yeah. possibly that that she relates to you as a celebrity so you don't see that she won't look you in the eye or whatever because you are on her level or possibly even lower yeah so yeah and I think that like talk shows have also changed so much I was listening to um, Rob Lowe on like on his podcast he was interviewing Gwyneth Paltrow and he was saying like it's tiring for them like they're like you can't just go into like Jimmy Fallon and like talk about the movie you're promoting you have to (laughs) play a game you have to to shoot a skin (laughs) 
do all these things and it's like exactly and, and they're like you know they, before they're like because they were talking he was talking about why he started his podcast because the two of them have been like friends since like the early 90s yes, yes. like why have you decided to do this he was like because like you know sometimes you just want to talk and you don't want to like yeah. shoot a 10 minute you, video and exactly. have to play pin you the tail the donkey to... and <laughs> and carpool karaoke and all of that stuff like it's like i was saying the other day to someone i was listening to details of some competition mm. and it was literally like you had to jump through hoops to get entered into this competition i was like lossy price just leave it <laughs> i don't actually want it just i'm not gonna do that to myself where's the competition karen we're like you just wrote in who yes. was the celebrity guest on this week's episode of da 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 and you sent your answer in and you got spammed with with um unsolicited um yeah. messages from the sponsor of the competition and you either won or you didn't win but now you must like yeah you must do this and then you must tag this person and hashtag this and then you must make a video of yourself making a noise like a fire engine and <laughs> like me am i gonna win or not please <laughs> I used to win a lot of competitions when I was like a teenager my mom's like why don't you yes. eat competitions so much anymore because I was like because when I was a teenager I used to write this either used to email or I used to write it on the back of a postcard and then that's it now I have to do so much stuff that I'm like nope like mm-mm <laughs> also the quality of the prizes has gone down so it's like <laughs> oh you get this and this but meanwhile you used to be able to write in and then you used to win a car <laughs> just from collecting stickers at a shop or whatever now i must pretend to be the car on instagram in order to get into the no no in order to use the car for a month <laughs> Not even your car after that humiliation. Damn <laughs> nah, it. Anything I have to make a video for? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> when making a video to never. end a survivor, there's nothing else. Exactly. I love those videos that they make when they show them like running around in the gardens. <laughs> yes. Like painted with face paint and like running around with like buffs on the head. No, please. <laughs> Too good. Oh my gosh, you know what they should do, like I know we're like going way off topic, but like what they should do next season for The Bachelor or whatever, South Africa, they should show us those videos that they make. I want to know what these guys are making to get into, like to become a contestant on The Bachelor. I want to know. Like what do they say? 100%. I'm a great boyfriend. I've been single for seven years, but I do know from the from the half of a relationship that I've had that um, I would make a good boyfriend. I'm actually looking forward to that, but I don't know if it's going to come this year because, I like, saw- how, how are they going to work around it? Like, what if she wants to kiss one of them or whatever? Um, I saw on Instagram that they started filming that she was in Joburg. But um, and it's, I mean, I suppose if they if they quarantine, they can do whatever they want to. So I mean, they all, if they all yes, stay in that yeah. one house, then I mean, I'm sure same house, fine. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's what they've tried to do now with um, because I'm a huge fan. I'm also going way off topic now. <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of of Strictly Come Dancing, the UK mm. version, and 
they are doing that this year. All the dancers are in one hotel and and the um the celebrity contestants have to essentially if they're not at their job or at rehearsals, they have to like isolate basically so that they can create this bubble. But then mm. this young guy, Harvey, um, a musician and some YouTube sensation, he um got corona, I think four or five days ago. But luckily they like 10 days out, I think, from, from the first episode airing, and they haven't yet been paired with their celebrity partner. Oh, okay. So um, so at least they still have this. But if they get like if they get closer to the to the broadcast date, the live broadcast, and someone gets it, that whole production, and I mean that's the BBC's money cow, hey, like mm. literally, like they just they kick all the other reality shows, but every year because people love Strictly. So I'm very keen to see how, and also like how they're going to do the group dances and all of that kind of thing. I wonder. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so interesting. Like, I mean, I don't know if you saw that, how, like Netflix is like reversing renewals of shows and canceling them because of COVID. But I don't understand why they can't just isolate together shoot and then exactly and shoot and get it finished yeah but i heard today alex told me today at the studio he told me that succession which is one of my absolute favorites i've only discovered it now during oh, lockdown i really need to watch it oh my gosh oh, good it's so good um because first of all i was like oh, this what is this boring show like why are people talking <laughs> about the show like because it was winning all of these awards and yeah. stuff and then i watched literally one episode and i was absolutely hooked so they were actually, they'd started shooting season three and then COVID hit, so they've shut everything down. And they now are only looking at, because they the producers apparently don't want to compromise on how they want to shoot their show. So they want to shoot their show as they want to shoot their show. So if it's in New York, in Times Square with 100,000 people, mm. that's what they want. So they've now pushed it back to, the, to 2022. And then also... They've also pushed back Bond to next year, the yeah. new Bond. But that is done. Um, and yeah. this is what I don't but understand. Because exactly, I mean, they just done. want people in the seats. That's what they want. They want That's the, the thing. Because now they're saying that Bond, Bond's um, postponement could uh, result in two movie chains closing down completely. Because if nobody's releasing, what are the yeah. people going to watch? Yeah. But I see, like, Batman and stuff is all moving. Like, I know that's still filming. Also, it's filming, but I think Batman was also on that list of moving to next year. Yeah, it's 2022, I think, now. 2022. Uh, no, moving to 2022. I'm yeah. still in, I'm already in 2022. 2021. You, you saw it. It's all paper. I'm done. 2020. Someone said today, I'm putting my tree up. I'm done. Because <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's been a lot. It's been a hell of a lot. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This has been like, I feel like I've known you and I'm so happy I, I finally got to meet you. Like, amazing. It's so weird that this is the first time we're talking because I li- like, I think I've told you before, like I literally feel as if, you know, we are like kindred spirits. I, as like, I, know. I, I always talk like whenever I see you on TV and I'm like, oh, there's my friend and my friend's like, you don't even know her. 
I'm like, I do. No, but it's 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 the same. I always and I always think, oh, maybe I'm like that annoying reply girl. Because whenever <laughs> you re- have a thing, I've always got something to say. So I'm like, okay, no, I'm never. Put on yet. Don't, don't come on too strong. Don't come on too strong. You don't want to be like friend zoned into the friend zone from like, you know. It's like instead of <laughs> one of my friends, one of my followers, and I just become a follower, I would like die. <laughs> So that was our interview with Roseanne. You can find her at at R-O-Z-M-C-K on Twitter and at Roz McKinster on Instagram. Her new show, Omghi Ingele, is on Veer, which is channel 147 on DSTV on Wednesdays at 6pm. Links to everything discussed will be in the show notes. Uh, I'm alone here today, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of what I'm crushing on this week. It's kind of boring to do about myself, but anyway. So this week, um, I spoke with this in my newsletter, but I've been loving old episodes of the Mary Tyler Moore Show. It's an American sitcom that's ran from 1970 to 1977. It's very much an old school sitcom, which means like it's like very like fun and very simple and not that heavy like a lot of the ones we have nowadays. The fashion is cool and it's and what also makes it great is that it's centered around a woman in her 30s who is single like not divorced none of that stuff and um it's just really really fun and funny and and if you're looking for something to just like to keep things light in these times like i suggest you youtube the mary tyler moore show a podcast i'm also extremely into but i've been a fan for a while as in years well but um i I was listening to quite a few episodes this week is unqualified with Anna Faris, Anna Faris. Basically what happens is she has a different celebrity guest on, they chat a bit, and then they take calls from normal folks um, asking for relationship advice. And it's not just like romantic relationships, it's like friendships, co-workers, like colleague relationships, all different topics. And it's really interesting and it provides great insight into different psyches and it might give you advice or something that you didn't even know that you needed so yeah that's all from me you can catch me on at karen walby on instagram at karen walby's with an s on twitter and sign up for my newsletter wildest dreams at wildestreams.substack.com.